Hey guys, welcome to Grim After Dark, a Frontline Gaming Network's Tuesday night show. Um, I am John, joined as always by my co-host and television entombed, uh, Danny. Oh, that means that was like a literal in space. I really like that. (laughs) Um, uh, Before we start, I want to give a quick apology uh, to Shelby, uh, host of Signals from some kind of bizarre Hawaiian shirt off. I did have several lined up. Uh, however, all of them had a style of green that was very similar to, to this green behind me. And as much as I wanted to have little tiny parts of my body missing, uh, we're going to try that next week. But if you have noticed, uh, we have a headband on today uh, in yeah. celebration of tonight's very special guest. Uh, you can argue that he's arguably our guest. Uh, we're going to have John Lennon on later in the show, which That's we're good. pretty excited about. Yeah, um, yeah. Super stoked. But before we do that, Danny, uh, let's go around the Warhammer community uh, so that we can kind of see how the week has been so you guys can avoid some of the worst parts of the internet. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, and the first first thing... Go ahead. No, you go. Oh, well, I was going to say, like, we have to be nice to Shelby because... Not only does she is she trying to compete with your questionable fashion choices, but also she has to share a show with Seth, and God knows how hard that is. Well, it's just when you're the talented one, you got to shoot I know. for other shows. So, so we I, I totally get that one there. Sure. Um, I will be back with more non monochromatic uh, shirts later, uh, but today we're just going to have to deal with with the. Uh, we're going to deal with the headband today, but that's okay. Uh, it doesn't suit me as well as it suits Mister Lennon. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Um, the the main thing kind of I noticed this week on Daka Daka, and I, I went there. Uh, my computer had to be defragged afterwards, but I went there. Yeah. Uh, was the the notice of uh, Jervis Johnson retiring, uh, which was a little shocking. Yeah, uh, yeah it, sort of a bummer. <laughs> I mean, he's been <laughs> like, look, like total total honesty. Love the guy. He's been a huge part of the hobby ever since I've been in it for like you know twenty plus years. But. Uh, like his opinions are are interesting and a little groggy for me, um, but uh, otherwise totally a, a good guy. Don't Set worry. Yeah, and I think that that marks the last of sort of the old guard of GW. Uh, moving on to pastures new, um, yeah. we're entirely into the GW rules team era uh, and the less of the personality thing. Which well, we'll see how that goes. Um, hey, what time is it? Uh, that's what I call this next part. There's a new orc range coming. A, a lot of new that? orcs. <laughs> well, it's like the word what for like what time is it? Um, but I used the word why for, for okay. what time is it? And lots of sure. whys in the chat. So I feel really vindicated for using that pun. The smoothest squigs you've ever seen. The biggest <laughs> war bosses. Gargan like heads. It is like someone like... They, they spend their whole pre-battle kind of polishing and buffing up that squig just so it's as smooth as my brain uh, during last Saturday's <laughs> tournament. Um, but why don't, why don't you tell us kind of some of the reaction there to the, the wonderful new orc range? Oh, sure. Yeah, here. I've got one right here. Uh, this one. <laughs> I think I got it right here for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I got it. I've got it up. So this one is uh, this one's pretty good, and I think it's really pertinent to this. It's uh, I have to say I absolutely love the Tesseract Glow Paint. It's so easy to do layers. Currently using it to make an irradiated glowing poxwalker. I'd love to see an entire selection of the rainbow that works like this technical paint. 
It would be yeah. perfect for power swords and plasma guns. So naturally, the orc reaction was to complement Tesseract Glow Paint. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the most of the issues that we're seeing from this is the Beastnaga box, a box that is so rare and so hyped that it's going to be like a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yeah, situation to, to the ones mm -hmm. who finally and do are able to get it. What have you been seeing about kind of the reaction to our uh, four per store uh, quantity on something we're spending two weeks hyping up on Warhammer Community with a one hour preview? Uh, well, I mean, assuming that Games Workshop has a heavy supply of these, I think that that's probably not the end of the world. Um, but uh, a little bit of bummer for the local stores. I'm sure they could sell a lot more than four boxes of these. Um, <laughs> for sure. But but that's okay. Uh, well, I mean, it's sad. <laughs> I wish that we I wish that we were able to get it, more of these into the, into the stores and into people's hands uh, indirectly than than directly. But. We'll see. I'm gonna try and get mine on Games Workshop this this uh, this weekend. That's my plan. Yeah, got to try that new uh, Q system, right? You know what? Actually, works pretty well. I got a pretty good uh, experience yeah. with that. Um, nice. but we have someone looking for audiobooks with a lot of chaos. Any suggestions? It's going uh, to one. An audiobook with chaos. Yes, yeah, very specifically, an audiobook with chaos. Not limited to. Uh, full you could always listen to some of the Night Lords trilogy. I think that they have audiobooks for for those right now, but those are pretty good. Those are pretty the amazing. Yeah. And the last thing we're going to talk about here before we bring on John Lennon, who we've been waiting in a silent room for so very long. Uh, this is the pre-order week for uh, Book of Fire, the, the latest yeah. kind of campaign book coming out. Check out the Mob Rules YouTube channel for a detailed video <laughs> review of each of the armies available in that book. Um, but yeah, lots of salt kind of coming up. Summarize the Book of Fire. Uh, I think that the army choices are very fluffy and flavorful for the game. And <laughs> I think that they're a lot of fun to imagine an army built in that kind of a context. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think honestly, okay, honest opinion. Like this Guitari one adds some some stuff to a list that's already really good. Like it definitely adds some really nice abilities. Um, it like the restrictions though are pretty light. So if you can fit into your army, that's great. And if you have the spare points for this Guitari, I think that's worth it. It might be worth it to not focus so much on the veterans Guitari in that book. Um, the Bellicor rule set is pretty is pretty rad. I'm pretty excited about seeing that. Hopefully, it becomes well. I mean. Obviously, the intention is that the list is legal, right? <laughs> uh, but there's some legality problems with actually yeah. building it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So th th there's that. And uh, Order of Armored Lady is there. They're yep. there. Yep. And then for more details about the Chaos Space Marine section of A Book of Fire, if you look to last June, uh, where the Marvel's channel did a review of Faith and Fury, Literally nothing has changed in that part of the book at all. Um, so it's just your best place to get those rules. Uh, the Book of Fire sounds like a Harry Potter title. Um, that's absolutely fair. Um, I, I would read that book. It's quite good. Uh, but overall, uh, a good book that makes good things great. Uh, and then Bellacor illegal to play in his own detachment. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to add in there, Danny? No, uh, the fluff is really cool. I like the campaign book that's coming out, too. Um, I really like the mission that they previewed about the the what is it the flab flabbergs or fatbergs? Oh, Fatberg, yeah, the yeah. the very special Nurgle uh, ice is just fat, uh, which I think the smell 
God, the smell already is just is just terrible in that. I do not. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I don't want that campaign book. You, you can take I know. that. I mean, you it's, had to sit next to me all Friday, all Saturday. So like, I know you know exactly <laughs> what it's like. So <laughs> that's fair, Danny. Literal mission terrain. Uh, player placed as well. Uh, so yeah, that's good. It's true. I very placed. <laughs> uh so daddy why don't you because i know you prepared an introduction for this year and i'm not just throwing this on you last minute uh, oh, no. why don't you introduce our guest okay um so we have uh with us tonight uh, a man who needs no introduction but probably we could add a little one here um uh john lennon uh, is joining us tonight uh, you know him. You probably you probably hate him for no reason because he's an awesome guy. You should totally like him. Uh, uh, he's probably stolen some wins if you've been to some majors in the southeast from you. Um, but yeah, we're we're super happy to have him. Perennial Imperium player, but also technically a Tyranid player. I don't know. We'll we'll see what he has to say about his faction jumping ways uh, when we have him on. John, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, really good to be here. Yeah, uh, and thank you. Thank you for, for being here. I want to start off uh, by, by something I'm, I'm super interested in, by the fact that I keep leaning forward and ruin kind of the, the angle on the shot. <laughs> um, but so you're a fairly well-known 40K player. Uh, you won, you've won a lot of majors, GTs. You uh, help run the, the Art of War coaching service. You have all these other hats on. When you roll up to a table, round one at a tournament, and people recognize you and know that you're going to play you. Um, how awful is that reaction sometimes from those players? It is like, the worst. <laughs> like, how do you counteract that? Because they've just looked at BCP and they're like, like, how do you go up to that table and try and actually get like a good game on that um, w- without with them having like psyched themselves up before it even began? Um, so I, I don't know how to answer this without sounding like I have a massive ego, which I do. I just... I just don't want to sound like it. Um, but I really just, um, oh man. Okay. So, I mean, sometimes people will kind of start off the, uh, you know, the game by saying like, oh, you know, I, like, I know I'm going to lose this games, but like, and I'm just like, oh no, like, it, like, let's just like play a game. Like I, I lose games all the time. Like let's, let's just, you know, have some fun, you know, try your best to uh, do the stuff. We'll talk through the game. Um, usually I just try to, you know, like have conversations with them, get to know the guy. Um, uh, and just, you know, talk to them about their army. Like, hey, how long have you been playing this faction? Where are you from? You know, you travel to tournaments much. Just get a conversation going. Talk to them about the game. You know, just be open, be friendly, and uh, see what I can do from there. So your your answer then is to lie and placate them. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Could lose at least one game in the past. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've lost at least one tournament game. I don't know about two, but at least one tournament game every, you know, 24 months. So, uh, you know, maybe it'll be them, right? You know, it's their lucky day. That's right. Um, yeah, true. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I you know, you, you try to be humble. Um, it's, it's always weird to be recognized because I've been playing for a while, a very long time, and this is a relatively recent phenomenon. I'm used to people being like, oh, I'm paired with a kid. I'm going to stop him. I'm like, oh, crap. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's it's interesting for sure. Yeah, and of course, the real benefit is the like after you stomp them round one is the ten percent discount and Art of War coaching coupon that you give them afterwards, <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> which is like the real prize uh, from that tournament. Um, speaking of which, like, how did that come about? Uh, like the the whole idea to start a service for like or coaching or to be a coach for for other people for forty k. 
So uh, being honest, uh, I am not the innovator here. I'm just an early adopter. Uh, I was living down in uh, Tampa before, uh, you know, Art of War really uh, came together. And, uh, you know, Nick and uh, Richard and Mark all started putting this thing together. Uh, of course, Nick has been doing coaching ever since he figured out he can make a dollar on a list. Um, but uh, after COVID happened, I was working from home. And I was like, well, if I'm working from home in Tampa, I might as well work from home in Tallahassee and still actually play uh, Warhammer. And I was just kind of at a good point in my life to up and move. You know, I was, uh, you know, single working from home, didn't have any reason to live in Tampa anymore because all of my, uh, you know, my high school friends had moved out. So I figured out it was time. Um, yeah. So I moved to Tallahassee, uh, started uh, doing this instead, and then eventually kind of phased out the working from home day job and made this the day job. Awesome. How terrifying was that to you to do it, to go from in like... I got to tell you, you don't do it when you're already in a good situation. So it was, it was, <laughs> it was terrifying, but I can afford to pay rent for at least a couple of months. So I might as well move up there. And worst case scenario, if in a couple of months I can't pay rent anymore, we're moving back to Tampa. Um, so it, it was, it was a little weird because, uh, you know, obviously you don't, you don't think of this as like a, an actual job. Most people don't, at least I didn't think of this as a job until it kind of fell in my lap. Uh, so, you know, people are always like, oh, your job's awesome. I'm like, I, I got really lucky. Like life came at me and I rolled a box car. Uh, <laughs> don't know what to say. <laughs> nice. So there's going to be time. So like as a professional 40K player, coach, all those other kind of things, um, I know was a, an amateur kind of 40K talker. There's times when, man, you just want nothing to do with 40K. Like, you know, you're sitting there looking at the email and you're just like, oh, I, I don't really want to talk about this right now. To kind of keep uh, that level of enthusiasm going. Yeah, I mean, uh, a couple of years of retail back when I was, uh, you know, finishing up uh, undergrad, uh, really helped me put the fake face on. You know, like when like when someone walks onto the sales deck and you have to pretend that you're happy to see them. Um, it's a lot easier with Warhammer to pretend that you want to talk about Warhammer. Uh, I acknowledge I do not always. Um, you know, usually like whenever I'm doing client work, I, I always tell clients up front like, hey. Um, if you message me and it's not between 8 and 5 p.m., I'm not going to respond immediately, but I'll respond within 24 hours. Uh, because sometimes, you know, uh, people message me at like at 11 p.m., like, you know, when I'm on a date with my uh, girlfriend. And I, I don't, I just don't want to talk about AdMech right now. Uh, so, <laughs> but, you know, you just put that out up front and then, you know, you tell them like, hey, like, you're, you're definitely going to get a response in 24 hours. And sometimes I'll like, I'll respond directly to people I'm like, hey, uh, it's 10 p.m. on a Sunday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you an answer on Monday. Um, which is, which is weird, but I, I honestly, uh, I'm, I definitely have like an addictive personality. So I do like talking 40 K a lot, so I don't actually burn out on it very much. I, I, I usually will talk 40 K if I'm not actively doing something else. Like sure. at this point, the default setting is talk 40 K. So if I'm not, you know, actively busy, yeah, screw it. Let's, uh, let's talk, you know, how we beat Adamek, which, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, uh, on that note. <laughs> Um, how do you sort of like deal with things like that? Because you're seeing like a lot of super powerful, strong armies. It don't necessarily have to like a hundred percent rely on player skill, uh, where you have something like Admech uh, a few years ago with the iron hands where you could kind of give a few simple instructions. Uh, and, and a lot of people could run that to, to a really good finish. So what do you do to kind of, to, to help your clients get to where they need to be in this sort of meta where we seem to be having like a, almost like Buffy style monster of the month club in, in the 40 K army ways. 
yeah, this definitely does not make my job any easier, if I'm being <laughs> real with you. Um, however, uh, what I always do is um, I try to put as much emphasis on the player as possible. Uh, you know, that's just, you know, one of the, the ways that I, I try to teach people is because um, if you give someone like a really good list, that can be great for right now. But if you just hand someone a list that you wrote for them and tell them how to play it, they may not really get much better as a player long term. So in a month, they're just going to need a new list and, and so on and so on. Uh, so I, I always try to, you know, explain like, all right, this is why this army that's dominant this month, the last codex that came out, whatever it may be. Um, this is why they're good. This is how they win games. I try to help people with the actual play style of like what you do against it. So, you know, you know that Admech is going to have a lot of guns, play the mission fairly well, have some fast mobile units. So, you know, I, I teach people like, okay, well, focus on simplifying the army. What's okay. So you emphasize this, pl the player skill um, for uh, uh, like for these new players that are, that are up and coming mm -hmm. um, uh, with, with, the, with armies that, uh, that don't necessarily uh, like have like a super, like that they don't necessarily have like a great game plan into like obviously the list is when yeah. when you when you give somebody a powerful list like that's not going to that's not going to instantaneously turn them into a great player right um no no so uh when you <laughs> uh when you have a uh, uh w when you end up in a situation like admech and you emphasize like these fundamentals um, what kinds of things do you like other than uh, other than like an increase in player skill? Like what, what what kind of methods do you use to kind of teach those like improvements to player skill? Yeah. So like, I mean, do you give them examples use, or yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Methods I use is usually a lot of examples, um, you know, setting up like, you know, describing scenarios and then kind of trying to explain, you know, why you would do something in X scenario so that people, you know, know what to do. Like, if I tell someone like, hey, if you get shot by, if your intercessors get shot by, you know, 10 last chickens, they're going to die. Um, hopefully by explaining that to them and explaining basic math, they then don't have to have me tell them that also 10 guardsmen will die to 20 rangers. Like, you know, you, you teach them not this specific example, but the reason behind it so they can apply it to all different situations. Because that usually lasts right. longer um, than just telling someone a specific example. And obviously in coaching, it's a lot more complicated than that, but a very basic example just to kind of get the point across. Uh, honestly, though, at, at the end of the day, it's always about, um, not always, but it's almost always about the player versus the player. So, you know, I, I think, you know, someone playing Admech for the first time, Admech is a great army. They aren't necessarily going to be, you know, a veteran with their, with, you know, an army they've been repping for years. Uh, I would bet on right. someone who's been playing the army for years and knows it inside out rather than a new player playing Admech for the first time. And so I try to teach people, you know, the fundamentals of the game, um, you know, put a real emphasis on playing the mission, playing the mission in spite of what the opponent's doing, where you can score secondaries regardless of interacting with the opponent, where, you know, against Admech, they're, they're not going to be fun to play against, but they're not going to give you any easy points. They don't give up any easy secondaries. Right. It's hard to get assassinated off them. They usually don't throw vehicles in your face. So, you know, teach people to, you know, make a game plan that involves getting points without relying on the opponent giving them something. And then teach them how to deny points where... Uh, you know, against Admech, they're they're doing great, but you know, look at their secondaries, what they're doing. See if you can deny their points for a couple of turns here, deny their primary there, and it doesn't matter if you get tabled. You know, if you can win by a few points, that's enough. And then as you get right. reps into an army, it gets even easier and easier to to try and face them. That's Amazing. fair, yeah. And I think as long as you can keep pushing, kind of like that advantage against that kind of an army, I think that you can do a lot better than the disparity in army level power would normally teach you to do, right? 
Yeah. Exactly. You know, I'm not going to tell you that Gene Slurkel has is going to get a 50-50 win rate in Admech. Um, <laughs> or just, you know, a 50-50 win rate, John. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think I could go. I think okay. I could go 3-3 three right. three with Gene Slurkel. I don't okay. want to flex here, but I feel like I could pull it off. Well, fair, fair. <laughs> All, right, All right. Maybe. Awesome. Okay, I'm here. So, Something else I wanted to bring up, hopefully, so I don't disappear again. Um, I recently saw you are using TTS uh, as a tool to help coach. So how are you using that and kind of what benefits are you seeing from doing that? Um, I I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't used TTS in about 12 months. Oh, no, no, okay. no. Um, so, like, I thought I saw that you were using it for like coaching. Uh, I have before, um, I've used it once in the past 12 months, actually. Um, what I do actually to, to help with, um, I have TTS as an option. Um, I just, most people choose not to use it. What I usually do is, um, with our premium coaching clients, I'll, uh, I'll set up a zoom call with them and I will have the camera be an overhead camera top down over uh, a six by four or a, 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 the, the string table, uh, in our house. And so I'll, I'll have people on the phone and I'll like work through them. And like, if they want to, if they want to talk about Tyranids, I will, turn on the camera, turn on the lights in our stream room. I'll, uh, you know, I'll be able to hear them. They'll be able to hear me and then they'll see my hands working, but I will, um, I'll like put a tiered army down and I'll like start talking about the concepts like, okay, if you're going to deploy a demon Karen, this is when you want to play it aggressive this morning. Defensively, this is how you should move Hormigons to take advantage of that. Um, I've done things like that on TTS before, but honestly, every single person I've talked to about that has said that they would rather see it on an actual table than on TTS. So, um, I usually do that. And then sometimes um, people will play games on TTS and uh, they'll take like some of my clients, they'll, they'll take screenshots when they're playing. And, uh, and then, you know, they'll call me afterwards and be like, Hey, this is, you know, what the game looked like after deployment. This is what it looks like, you know, after turn one, after turn two, and I'll kind of talk through the game with them, analyze, you know, their game plan. I'll be like, okay, you know, I think your game plan could have been improved by doing this. You know, these are some small mistakes. This is where you can get more out of your units. We'll, we'll talk about things that way as well. Mm. So I guess back to you. When did you first realize that, hey, I'm pretty good at this 40K thing? Um, I mean, I realized it about six different times. I was just wrong <laughs> the first five. Uh, maybe I'm wrong this time. Or we're still working on that one. Um, you know, trust me, as soon as I won an RTTA like in eighth grade, I was like, I'm really good at this. And then immediate smackdowns you know, were laid on me when like, I think Jaws the World Wolf got released and I started like losing half of my games um, just to Space Wolves. You know, Then I still had to play the non-Space Wolves. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think like my biggest like moment of like, yeah, this is good was, um, uh, ATC 2019 when, uh, you know, the bro hammer team I was on with uh, Richard went uh, undefeated second place. Uh, that was the first time where I was like, like, this is it. Um, I'd gone five and one at the LVO before that, I think, um, which was, you know, I, I was quite happy with cause that was my best showing at LVO. Um, I had won GTs before that, but I, but I would usually like win GTs local. Then like I went to LVO, you know, when, you know, and would lose a game day one. Um, and then, you know, try to see how I could do from there. So, um, I don't know that ATC was like my, my real moment of like, I, th I think, I think I'm actually like, I think I'm actually there. And so speaking of LVO, you've gone all the way at LVO, you've won, right? Or have you got pretty close to the second oh, one I've, there? Or? I have, I have Never not won, won LVO. I've Oh man, look at me being all terribly researched. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't won any of the big three yet. <laughs> you, you have made it to the third day, right? For, for I have. I, 
I got I got fourth, third or fourth place at the last LVL. So what what is that weekend like for you from that perspective? Because I know many of us here sort of know kind of like LVO is a weekend. Yeah, you go, you play your six rounds of 40K, you have fun, you do sort of things, ignoring the fact that you have those uh, eight or nine players who have like literally 10 rounds of 40K for some of them uh, through this. So, so what does the weekend look like from your perspective on that? Um, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit of a different, you know, gamer, you know, everyone enjoys the hobby in their own way. Um, I don't really like to go out much. I'm, I'm actually a bit of an introvert. Um, I also, uh, I'm sober. So, um, at LVO, um, I've gone three times. Uh, usually I, uh, go play my games, uh, get in like super late Thursday night. So I just go crash at a hotel, um, play Friday, play Saturday, Saturday night. Uh, the years that I have not gone uh, gone on to play on Sunday, uh, Saturday night, I'll go out to a restaurant on the Las Vegas strip, you know, go, uh, people watching, uh, in casinos, you know, just walk around a little bit, uh, enjoy a different city that I'm usually not in. Uh, but when I've, anytime I've got event, uh, games the next day and I'm at, uh, like a big major, something I really care about, I usually spend, uh, the night before in my hotel room, reading lists, doing homework. I've got all the codexes, uh, saved on my phone or on my laptop. So I'm, I'm doing homework on the next matchup, looking at who else is, you know, undefeated who I might play. Uh, being a giant nerd, um, just the whole time, like just straight, <laughs> consistent, all the way through, no breaks. And then, yeah, so there you go. If you too want to make it to day three in LVO, uh, you just have to avoid the bright lights, the shiny refillable drinks. Be a massive tryhard. Yeah, that's all you have to do. <laughs> Which, ironically, there's a lot of massive tryhards who go who like end up like not going today too. But anyway, uh... it's usually me. But you know, I got, I got a little lucky last time. <laughs> <laughs> uh so what army like what is your prime i know danny said at the start that you play a lot of mm -hmm. imperium armies like what would your favorite 40k army be my favorite army in warhammer is probably gene store cult um i started out with tyranids uh, i've been playing for somehow like 13 years over half my life at this point um i played tyranids pure consecutive for like the first seven years uh then i like i bought a like i literally like put uh like thousand dollars into Jeans Thurkult the second they got an army because um, Jeans Thurkult was so cool because um, I always liked them you know they had metal models that were fifty dollars on eBay and you know, they didn't have rules so I mean, why would I buy Jeans Thurkult um, so Tunis and Jeans Thurkults were like my first two armies of my favorites um, I kind of split up into all of the Imperium and uh, uh, now it's kind of like when Tyranids are good I play Tyranids or Jeans Thurkult and when they're not like actually in a good spot, which is fairly common, unfortunately, uh, I kind of cycle between Imperium. I play pretty much everything Imperium except Admech, which is terrible right now. Um, terrible timing. Um, I should I should just go ahead and, you know, <laughs> suck it up and buy an Admech army at this stage. Um, like everything except like Grey Knights and uh, Admech I play for Imperium. Um, I don't really play Chaos much. Um, I like to loudly declare that I don't play Eldar, but also when they're broken, I'll kind of sneak over for an event or two. Um, and then like immediately sell them afterwards is usually what happens. Um, you know, <laughs> take a cold shower. Um, oh um, yeah, I, I play almost everything in Pyramid. I've played a lot of Space Marines since, uh, that, that 8.5 codex came out. Yeah. Uh, really, uh, enjoyed playing White Scars in both 8th and 9th edition. And then kind of had a little, uh, little forays into a bunch of other armies like Iron Hands, Fists, Death Watch, Ultramarines, all that stuff. 
Now you uh, are known to be quite like a really good list builder, obviously, which comes with your winning. How does it feel when you kind of you look through BCP or you look through a tournament and you see like basically your lists like over and over and over again? Over and over, but uh, I've definitely see, seen it pop up, especially recently. You know, since I stream now, I think a lot more people actually see what I'm playing. Uh, it's really cool and it, it's kind of flattering. And then also, you know, Sometimes like when I'm like, I like secretly like go through the event and like look up how they did. And then like, I'll laugh afterwards. Like, ha ha ha, I went five and oh, and you went two and three. Ha ha, you didn't understand the list. Um, do that evil. Um, it's like, you fool. It was all this stratagem. Ha ha ha, it was all in the Invictors, you fool. Uh, no, it's, it, it's really cool, honestly. And it's, it, it's really awesome. And, you know, I've never... I've never gotten the mirror match yet. Like I've never played against someone um, who's just running my list. And like, I, I have this secret fear that it's going to happen one time and I'm just going to like lose the game somehow. And I'm just going to like, oh, no. what am I, what am I doing with my life? Like I, I went to an event where two people were running the exact same list as me. And like, they, they both like said like, yeah, you know, I really liked your altering list. If I had lost to either of them, I don't know what I would have done. Um, All right, guys. You heard it here that. first. If you beat John Lennon in a mirror match, <laughs> you'll, you'll absorb his power. Highlander yeah, style. I, I might, I might give them the headband. I don't even know. <laughs> like, it's like the quickening. Yeah, <laughs> you go back to Florida. The locks will have been changed already. Uh, it's oh gonna yeah, real... there's gonna be an alligator waiting for me. Just like yeah. <laughs> as is the tradition in Florida when things displease, mm-hmm. as you leave an alligator on the doorstep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, that that is, is what you have to do there. But yeah, I think it's like uh, really cool. Like when we were starting to see things like, oh, Drakari are kind of becoming an issue in the book. And then all of a sudden you come up with this kind of ultramarine list. So kind of without kind of giving away too much of the goat here, wh- how do you construct a list when you see like, okay, this is how things are going to be. And like this Drakari thing is going to be a problem. Yeah. Um Usually when I, whenever I like I write like a new list from scratch, I usually have one concept or like thing that I want to do in mind. And then I go ahead and build out and balance from that point. So like it's usually like a thousand point core of like this X task has to happen. And then I take the other, you know, the rest of the list and like make it actually play the mission work against other things. So with Drukhari, um, it, it kind of was a joke because um, I played a ton of games of Drukhari when they came out. And that's why I played Drukhari in Dallas because um I got frustrated with losing to them, where I think uh, between me and uh, Jack Harpster, we played into Nick's Drukhari like nine times before Dallas, and we went a clean 0-9. The closest game was my White Scars lost by about 18 points, and I hadn't lost with my White Scars in about seven months. And I, I, I was the only Space Marine army that got within 20 points of Nick's Drukhari in our practice games. And that really pissed me off, you know. Like that's like, that's the big <laughs> that's the big matter right there. So I was like, screw it, I'm playing Drukhari. So I played Drukhari Dallas, and I came back. And I'm like, all right, well, I can't do this again. This was too like this. This is the power I, I would get addicted to. I can't be an elf player forever. So it was like, all right, uh, not the, the the goal here is to get a fifty percent win rate into Drukhari. So I'm like, okay, what if I make that fifty percent literally just going first? And so I just build an ultramarine list with an alpha strike for the ages that every single gun was tailor built to kill. T3 and T6 models. And then once I kind of accomplished that part, I started dialing it back, being like, all right, let's put some mission plan, let's put some pressers in, storms in, add some infantry here, the characters. Um, and then, you know, I started building, all right, now how do I go second against Drukhari and like have a playable game? Because if I win every time I go first and I don't auto lose if I go second, I now have a better than 50% win rate into Drukhari. Okay, and that that's the goal at this point, because I, I have really low standards after losing nine games in a row. 
Um, so it was, it was a rough, it was a spiral right there. Um, and then the, the ultimate list kind of took shape. I started like doing practice games in Jukari to make sure it kind of worked. And once I made sure it worked in Jukari, it's like, all right, let's actually play normal armies and see what happened. And it turned out it was like actually good. And I was like, okay, this works into chaos. Oh wow. This actually like is pretty decent into all these melee Marine armies that are still running around. Cause at the time Marines were just like blood angels and white scars and space wolves and like maybe dark angel terminators, but it kind of worked into all that. So I, it just became an army that I played at events and I was like, Oh wow, this is really cool. And I really, I really like that ultra Marines army. I'm actually, I, I probably will continue to take it to some events. Um, like I'm probably going to bring it with me to charity hammer and uh, it, I'll either play it at the tournament there or I'll play it on stream, but I, I really like the army. So I want to keep uh, using it. Sure. That makes sense. Amazing. So another thing you guys do uh, through the Art of War, through your streams, is you don't just kind of have games and things like that. You also have kind of hobby hangouts where you guys are just kind of talking, building things. Um, how does it feel when the world reacts like you have some kind of secret CIA-coded information based on your decision to build, like, a box of, like, guard? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, so we, so, uh, <laughs> let me clarify here. Uh, we're not playtesters. Um, we keep asking, by the way, um, and they just keep telling us no. Um, or actually, that's not true. They they ignore us, and one time they told us no. Um, other than that, they ignore us. Um, but it's it's kind of funny because um, you know, so it's me, Richard, and Nick, and all three of us collectively own just about every army. And the ones that we were missing, we just kind of went and got. Um, we have wonderful sponsors. We collectively uh, had a lot of price support just sitting in like. Like I've got a couple different stores that I've played RTTs at where I just kind of have some store credit on the tab. So like whenever like I want to do to get an army, I can usually like make like three phone calls and get like a, a bunch of product shipped to me. Um, so like we we have way too much Warhammer just to paint the picture. We are addicts and there's too much, but we have it. So it'll be a case where like before the Drukari Codex, we looked at our Drukari collections and we looked at okay, what don't we have? And we're like, well, I've got we have. Like, we opened up all the boxes, went through the, the garage full of boxes. We're like, okay, well, we have seven Venoms. We have, like, four Raiders. Um, here's, a bunch, here's a box of Reaver Jet Bikes. We don't have any Hellions. And it's like, Hellions have been bad for a while. Maybe they'll be good. So we went we went about bought some Hellions. And then, of course, I was like, why is Art of War buying Hellions? And then Hellions were actually good. And we're like, oh, crap. Like, like, like <laughs> we got lucky. And then um, this happened right before um, the last... Uh, so we also, the same thing with Buggies, where... Uh, we bought three boxes of rocket truck squid buggies and people were like, are they, are they going to be good? And we're like, I don't know. All I know is that we have every other buggy times three. This is the only buggy we don't own because it's the worst. So we bought three so that we now have all the buggies times three. And then, um, uh, space wolf dreadnoughts. This one was fun right before the points update. Uh, so there was a meme circulating through group chats and people like would forward it to me of like, what do they know? And it's like, it's like a picture of like us with like three space wolf dreadnoughts right before the points changes came. Like our space with dreadnoughts gonna be good, and they didn't change a point. I'm like, all right, we we just we bought dreadnoughts because we're like, hey, this would be a cool meme list. And then it turns <laughs> out they're exactly the same as before, and we still haven't built them. They are still I could go get them right now. They're still in the closet, shrink wrapped. They will not be built in the next six months. We just kind of bought them on impulse. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, but you um, could reach out to you and be like, hey guys, we're sitting on a whole bunch of grots. Could you just have a few boxes on your hobby stream? Uh, and then be like, oh no, okay, we're going to get in the grub mana. Uh, this, sometimes this happens. Like, I, I put my heart and soul into a Vindicare Assassin right before uh, their Psychic Awakening came out, and it is still uh, so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's still so bad. It happens. 
On the plus side, though, brand new Vindicator, uh, Vindicator coming from uh, the Warhammer Plus subscription. Oh yeah, he looks. That's cool. that's gonna get me right there. That's how that's how I'm spending my money. I want another Vindicator. Hey, so this one is gonna roll two pluses. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. But that's the problem with that guy, right? Like you can never. It, there's always a one in those two dice that you roll to hit and wound. Yeah, always, always. Yep. So speaking of the trap house, we got a question from a listener or from a from a listener tonight, uh, David Roth. He asks, "What's life like in the 40k trap house?" Um, there's not as much 40k as you'd expect uh, when we're not like okay. prepping for a major. It's actually really hard to play a game other than the stream ones, and then the stream ones are weird because we try to be diverse with armies. So like right now, I want to only play my sisters because I I really like the new sisters book. I've been painting it for a while, so like let's get some games in. And then it's like, you guys want to play Sisters next week? They're like, John, you, you just played Sisters this week. So so next week you have to play a different army. I'm like, oh, I, w- I want to play. Like, do you guys want to help me practice Sisters? And they're like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. So I have to like start calling people like, anyone want to play against Sisters real quick? <laughs> um, like, if there's not an event coming up, you know, which is a lone star. I'm going to try to get a couple practice games in for it. But uh, uh, it's, it's pretty fun. There's It's weird yeah. because like the 40K overflows into the house, but then we all kind of like to not have 40k in the house house because we have like we have friends who don't play 40k um and like they all know it like once you once you're our friend you you get exposed to 40k and you just kind of like give us side eyes whenever we start speaking greek to each other um (laughs) but uh we we try to just sort it by rooms where we have like a garage and three rooms that are overflowing with 40k and then we try to make like the tv room just like a normal room with like no 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 towel commanders hanging up on the wall like no no dice in the corners of the couch. Like we just, just try to make it a normal room. Just like Snuggies and, and uh, binging Netflix, things like that. I, that's, that's what I think there about. actually is like a Snuggie on my couch right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And of course I won't ask which member of Art of War's nickname that is. Uh, Cause that just seems rude. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah you're saying you have like a hard time kind of getting in practice games because yeah you guys have like a crazy stream schedule um you have like new content almost every day over there like how frustrating is it for you sometimes when you do have a big event coming up that you want to go where you're like okay i really just i don't want to throw ad mech into these guys i just want to play my sisters right now <laughs> the the hard part is um and, you know, there, there's there's some local players here and some friends, so we can usually get the reps in. Um, but the hard part is, like, when you're going into an event, it could be that everyone wants to practice their army. So, like, uh, if, I, if, like, I'm going to Lone Star Open, but uh, Richard isn't. So I'm I'm torn between Marines and Sisters, like, small chance I do Admech because they're just so good. But, like, right now I want to play my Sisters, but if Richard were to practice with me, he would want to play as Admech if he were going to Lone Star. So it'd be like, what if I want reps into something besides Admech? And Richard's like, well, what if I want something besides reps into Sisters? I'm like, sure. okay, fair, fair. Um, so it's it's not really frustrating just because, you know, you, you get plenty of games and still. Um, and honestly, theory usually gets me through. Um, I just try to get like one or two games in with every uh, list before I go to invent. And the big thing is like before a major, I try to go to a GT um, with an army just to kind of get some play to random things. Because, like, I would never think about, you know, whether or not I'm going to go second against seven Armagers until that happens. Because I could never get Nick or Richard to play seven Armagers with me. And then Dallas, it's like round two, I went second on Don Ward. It's like, it's like nine Armagers. And I just, like, lost my entire Raider army. And I'm like, oh, boy. Okay. We have to work for a living now. So it's 
you, you, I don't know. Progression, by the way, where I would. I was gonna say I like that progression. By the way, where I would go to an RTT to practice for a GT, and you're just kind of like big balling it and going straight in for going to GTs to practice for the real events, the majors, right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, yeah. Again, it makes total sense though, right? Because there there has been some sort of talk that you guys have like a really great concentration of amazing players over at the Art of Warhouse. Um, And that in itself forms this weird little diamond hard meta. Um, Do you find that kind of changes like uh, how games against other players come up? Where you're like, okay, like this is like an entirely different place now. Yeah, um, it does. Um, It was, uh, it's really the thing is like that you need to not be in the, Try hard mentality round one is the thing. Um, we're like ACO, like, you know, I, I played against a really competent round one opponent. Like, I actually had a very difficult game. Um, but then sometimes round one, you know, you play against a guy who's like at his first event and like he lives like, you know, 2.4 miles away. So this is this is just the first GT I went to. And you just play him, he doesn't know who you are, and you just, you know, have a good time, you know, uh, be gentle. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's, it's funny because, you know, I'm so used to playing against the optimal stuff then there's some lists that like we will never play but are still totally good enough to beat us like knights um so what i kind of try to do to shake that up is uh if i'm ever not going to an event in the next couple weeks i'll usually like start playing like not a troll army but like you know something that's a little more fun like uh like when nick was going to an event that i wasn't going to with his death guard he's like hey i want to get reps with my death guard and i'm like okay sure and i like looked at like my a game stuff i'm like you know what? I bet he can't beat knights. And I just went and beat him with like a pure knight army. And he's like, what the heck are you doing? I'm like, like you could play knights round one. Like, you don't know. Like, like I could play knights round one. I'm like, and wouldn't that be embarrassing? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, not like this. Practice differently. Um, LBO all over again. <laughs> LBO all over again. We, we mentioned that game, that, that LBO about every other day. With Nick. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. You got to keep on his toes. Um, so you guys have mentioned it a few times here that the, you're like the, the aversion to knights that it seems to be. What is it about that army where you guys are like, oh, I don't really want to play that? Um, I I love it, but um, I actually really like knights. It was like my quarantine hobby project, so I actually like put a lot of time into it, and it's actually a decent looking army for once. Uh, if you've ever seen my armies, um, so for us, it's like we're always trying to go the distance. We're always trying to like write the list that's going to go six and zero. Oh. And so we always try to like write the really consistent safe lists that can hide behind terrain every turn and do all this crazy janky stuff. And then knights are just like power where sometimes you go first with knights and you just clean steamroll someone for a hundred points. And sometimes you go second with knights and you fail your first five, you know, first five or six invulns and you just lose two knights turn one. You're just like, that was literally just a game and that's it. And none of us really want to lose a game where it's just like this thing happened. So we always try to like create these super safe lists that always have play. Um, and usually that kind of takes us away from like specifically knights or like uh, an army that's like just an, an alpha strike gun line and that's all it does. So we, we usually, because you know, what if we go second? Like Atlantic City, I just went second all six games with my ultramarine go first win army. And it's like, okay, maybe this wasn't the best plan, but I still love them. So it's okay. So you you go into making armies with like a really clear idea of what you, did, what you want them to do. Um, what's an army that you loved in concept, but was just god awful on the table? Oh, I don't want to admit some of these things. Um, <laughs> uh, almost all my answers here are going to be like guard based. Um, or, uh, oh god, there's this barbed hair duel list for Tyranids, 
And of course I got excited about it. And like, I bought the barbed terror tools without playtesting it, um, painted them up, like put them on the table and realized that like my entire army was like move six inches, shoot, but also not if they have melted guns. And I was like, this is so bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, like I won a game with it. And like, I won it only because I like got lucky. And I like, I was like looking at my opponent, like realizing like, Oh, he could just move and beat me. And it didn't happen. I was like, okay, this is, this is probably not the future. So I just have two barbed terror on my shelf now. Uh, they'll they're we'll painted see play in twenty twenty three. They they and uh, they're painted. Yeah, they are. They're actually painted because I paint all my stuff up before I play with it now because we stream. And um, so I'm like, wow, I spent money and effort on these, and it was a waste. And I'm really sad about it. What's well, been a unit that you've had like the quickest turnaround time on because you've had to be like, okay, I need this for the stream game. Um. Ooh, I mean, we, we've done a lot where if it's just one unit, I'll, I'll like bust it out in like a, a, a really good day. Um, quickest turnaround time, I think, was um, honestly all that Indominus stuff where I think I painted like two Indominus boxes and in like a, the Space Marine halves in about like two weeks. Because like when Indominus came out, all of it was so good. And we're just like, well, I guess I need all of this. So just just assembly lined the whole thing and just started cranking it out. And like I was just like, like I did like a game on Tuesday, like so like. We got the box over the weekend, so like the Blade Guard veterans were all done by Tuesday, and then I had the uh, the Outriders painted by Thursday, and then the Eradicators were done the next week, and then you know the next you know by the next stream it was like all the assault things were done. So I just like the Indominus I went through really fast. Yeah, yeah, and they're great models as well. I have to say, yeah. like that almost yeah, like you know when that that ninth edition hype was real, so it kept me going. You know, and it was also kind of like peak COVID, so like I wasn't going outside anyway. Uh, so we just <laughs> you just sit down and paint. Um, speaking of ninth edition, how would you kind of rate the edition so far? We're about two years in now. Um, what are your kind of thoughts on ninth edition where we're at? Yep. I think we're only one year in. I think we're, we're about two years in, are we? No, I think we're like one year in, like a year Man, in a month. My fact checking today is just tip top. Oh, <laughs> amazing. That's why um, I kept it around. But yeah, yeah I really, so a year into the edition, <laughs> where, where, where are we at? How are you feeling? Yeah. I really like ninth edition. Um, you know, we haven't seen like a full year of meta because of COVID obviously, but um, I think ninth edition has the best core rule book that we've had in the past nine editions. Uh, I've been playing since fourth. So from fourth to ninth, I think ninth edition is the best core rules that we've ever had. Um, I really was happy until dark Eller and, you know, kind of admect to the same extent came out where I think the, the codex balance is a little bit wonky, uh, but you know, we've had wonky balance in every edition at some point. So, I still, I think ninth edition is still my favorite edition of 40k that they've done so far. I really enjoyed eighth. Um, you know, I, I think that the, uh, the, like the Nova 2019 meta, I think was like one of the best states that the game has ever been. Uh, but ninth, ninth edition is close to that. Um, you know, I think we're literally like an Adam FAQ away from this being like the the best the game has ever been. So yeah. I, I'm really happy with ninth overall. I love playing it. I, I don't intend to stop anytime soon. Um, and I'm excited for like to see all the other codex cyclops. I think once we hit that, everyone has a codex spot in ninth. I think we're going to be in a really, really good place because the ninth edition core rules just feel better than anything else we've had. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it's a great time. Just a little bit of like you said that the codex to codex balance is kind of what we're looking for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, before we kind of move off here to, to our little game that we put together and there will be a game this week. I'm so sorry for last week. Um, <laughs> I would ask you, what is one thing top players do and what is one thing that holds other players back? Um, so I'll start with the second question here. 
Um, one thing that holds other players back, um, I feel like a lot of people say out loud, hey, I, I want to win and do as well as I can. And then when it comes time to make decisions for that, they're like, well, no, I'm not like that. And then they kind of like self-impose some rules and then they, they lose games because of it. And um, that's totally fine. I think uh, the biggest thing is just be honest with yourself with what you want, where if your goal is I want to go win this GT I'm going to in a, in a month and you look at yourself and you're like, well, I don't want to buy like, I don't want to buy any more Rangers. I'm just going to play with the 20 I have. Honestly, I don't like, you know, that 40K involves money to win, but also if you like make a decision that directly leads to your army not as being as good or not playing as well, you just need to accept like, hey, you know, I made this decision. That's totally fine. You know, money was tight this month, but keep your expectations in line with that, where some people are like, I don't want to play Dukari because they're broken. So I'm going to play, you know, my pure craft worlds instead. It's like, sure, just accept that playing pure craft worlds will probably win less games than playing pure Dracari. And, and right. that kind of stuff goes you know, all throughout it. Like if you choose not to practice and then lose a game at a GT, there's probably a reason for that. You know, that that kind of mindset goes through all levels of playing 40K. Uh, that's one of the big ones I see with uh, kind of the players who like have like a little ceiling above them that are struggling to break through is usually there's some kind of self-imposed limit where, you know, they they don't practice ever. Like they only play at tournaments and then they, they lose one game at a tournament to something they've seen before. And like, well, I didn't know it did that. That's why I lost. It's like, well, you know, what if you practiced? Or, you know, what if you went out and bought, you know, 20 more Skitari Rangers or 100 more Skitari Rangers? Why not just do 180 Skitari Rangers? Screw it. I... <laughs> um, for, for top players, um, it's not me- it's not Army Chase, even though I was making the jokes about buying AdMech. Um, For me, I think the, the thing I noticed with top players is that uh, they will take the consistent plays almost every time. Where like a lot of times, and I did this myself, like a lot of my t- times, like a couple years ago, I'd find myself like about to do something. I get this like gut feeling like maybe I shouldn't risk this entire game on a seven inch charge. And then I'm like, no, I'm feeling it. I'm going to make it. And then of course you roll a six and you roll and then it's a two and you're like, oh, well, I guess I just lost the entire game. Uh, I feel like a lot of the top players, they don't, they don't take those chances. They uh, just across the board, like they make, uh, just make the safe, consistent plays and uh and they know what the consistent plays are, and they have a game plan for it. Amazing. Well, I feel personally attacked and inspired at the same time. Uh, so thank you for both of those. Danny, is there anything else you want to ask John here before we, we move on to beat Danny? No, let's move on. Let's move on. I just, I want to, I'm going to lose to John already. I looked at my pairing. I walked up to the table, and he's got me already. <laughs> well, I mean, he's the only other player at the tournament, so, you know, it's. Well, there we go. All right. So uh, last week on the Frontline Gaming Community on Facebook, uh, I put up a forum asking you guys to tell me what the best point for point unit is in 40K and what the worst point for point unit is for 40K. Uh, You guys said in your answers and no, Peter, I'm not reading yours because Danny McDavid is not a unit and he is not terrible. Um, Hold on. I'm an absolute unit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but John, as our uh, guest at this point here, um, what we're going to do is I'm going to have each of you pick one side, so either the best point for point unit or the worst point for point unit, and then you're just going to have about 30 seconds to, to guess as many as you can, and whoever guesses the most uh, is going to win. Uh, nice, simple, easy. Uh, so John, would you like to take a guess at the best units for point for point or the worst unit point for point? Oh boy. You know what? Let's spice things up a bit. Give Danny a fighting chance. I'm going to go with the worst unit. Nice. Okay. 
So you're going to have 30 seconds to guess uh, as many as you can uh, from what the Frontline Gaming community on uh, Facebook thinks is the worst point-for-point unit in 40K. And if we are ready, we'll go. All right. Uh, Pyrovore, uh, Lictor, Striking Scorpion, Howling Banshee, Drop Pod. It's totally the Drop Pod. Um, Custodes Land Raider, every other type of Land Raider. Uh, Space Marine Stalker, Space Marine Hunter, Space Marine Scouts, uh, Tau Drones, um, Tau Pathfinders, Crute uh, Vespid, Crute Hounds, Crutox, um, Dark Eldar, Claude Fiend, um, Necron Warriors, uh, Necron Tesseract Art, Necron Obelisk. Um, oh, what else is there in this game? Um, Orcs, the whole Codex. Um, oh, and time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the whole codex is on there. So, Sally wasn't. You did get three uh, for three. Land Raider. You got Land Raider. Uh, Land okay. Raider did come up a lot. Um, yeah, that it did. Listing the entire co- uh, Tau Codex, I did give you the Fire Warrior, which was put at kind of the worst uh, unit. And then really? also Space Marine Scout. Uh, Space Marine Scout. What makes that? Well, what makes the Space Marine Scout so terrible in game? I actually kind of like Space Marine Scouts. I just know that everyone else is mad that they went to Elites. <laughs> Because it's like, you know, why would I take scouts when I can take literally anything else that's already obsec? And, like, when you look at Space Marine Elites, like, there's 1,700 choices. You know, like, Space Marines have more data sheets than, you know, like, it's stuck. So people are salty about scouts, so I assume they'd be the worst. I like them because they can do the little, you move a lane speeder storm 18 inches, you get the scouts out three, you move six inches, you perform an action, and all of a sudden you retrieve Octarius data 27 inches away from where you started. So that part's kind of cool, but I, I get it. That's not really a... Uh, it's not sexy. Not, not sexy. It's like, hey, my unit is dying in a creative way. Cool. Uh, <laughs> well, I got points. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. If Danny can't get three of these, um, I know. Let's go, Danny. We're going to be really disappointed. All right, Danny. Uh, so you're going to be picking the best point for point unit that the Frontline Gaming community on uh, Facebook thought. So are you ready to go? I guess. All right. Yes, 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 I am. You you can't say Skatari. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Okay. Uh, Skitari, uh Let's see. Ooh, uh, well, I'm going I'm to ask you to specify. Danny McDevitt. That's a great unit. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, no, seriously. Like uh, Incubi, uh, we've got Succubuses. Succubi, we've got Drazar. We've got uh, Witches, Cabalites, uh, Raiders. Um, Skitari, uh, Sakarans, so Rust Stalkers, and right, you like. I think my, my flaw with this game here, if I want to be real <laughs> with you guys here, was not realizing that Danny could just list the Dark Hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took the hard way, but you he did. did you did win with five. You, you did wow. five. Um, so that that is super good. Most of those through Dark Eldar. Um, who were very popular in that list, showing me that the salt is still strong uh, for that particular book. John, I'm very proud that you guessed the obelisk. That is like the first thing I would have guessed. I'm like, oh man, he's going the wrong way. He hit Space Marines. He really needs to hit Necrons. There's a bunch of units in there that are bad. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to remember what it was called because uh, I haven't yeah. played an obelisk in a hot minute. That's fair because you've never seen one on the table before. <laughs> All right, John, before we sign off for the night, uh, go ahead, plug your things, your, your many, many pies that you have fingers in, and also your <laughs> podcast. Absolutely. So you can find me with basically everything related to the art of war, 
Of course, that is our YouTube channel. We are live on YouTube at 1 p.m. Eastern time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, doing um, hobby streams uh, and then uh, games on alternating days. As well, we have the War Room where you can uh, you know, sign up to access our coaching games, the clinics uh, and classes that we teach, as well as personal coaching. I'm also on the Art of War podcast. I'm one of the main hosts of the Art of War podcast along with Tim Penny. And of course, if you do not want to give me your hard-earned money, I don't blame you, you can catch me on the Florida Man 40K podcast, which is completely free. And uh, yeah, we're, uh, it's a podcast where me and several of my Floridian friends and uh, totally not flamingos in a trench coat talk about uh, 40k at all levels of the game. You know, we talk about the hobby, the lore, just having fun and uh, more the community aspect um, just uh, of Warhammer. Amazing. And yeah, I think the person on the most podcasts of all, uh, Tom Pony. Uh, John, thank you so much for your patience. Thank you for coming. Uh, and then I promise next week will be more fact checked, or maybe it won't. Who knows? There was some fun in me just getting everything wrong tonight. <laughs> I like that. Um, so hey, thank you so much for joining us for another great episode of uh, Grim After Dark. John, thank you for joining us. Danny, thank you for being here when I, I make you be here every week. Um, and then until next time, we will see you next Tuesday.